0: Being able to write that big check gives you advantages of being the lead investor, setting the terms, getting the best economic terms for that financing, right, versus the other investors that are going to fill that round. But then also, as a manager, being involved with the companies at the board level to help guide them through all the issues and opportunities that come up. The individual investor just can't play on that basis. They may get pulled into finishing out a round if there's a little money remaining, but it's not driving the deal.
1: From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on Raising Cannabis Capital, we are continuing this year's Cannabis Investor Series with another former guest, John Traubin, a partner at Altitude Investment Management. John, welcome back to the show.
0: Thanks, Dan. Nice to be back.
1: Well, we had a great conversation last time you were here, and what's going to be really fun today is that a lot of the predictions that you did on that show are starting to come true. And of course, that was pre-COVID, but nonetheless, you were really on target. You know, So I'm going to go into that, and we're going to expand on that, and we're going to skip a bunch of things that we already talked about. So if you want to learn more about John, you can go back to episode 164. John, a lot of cannabis investment firms only invest in plant-touching companies but you're not concerned with what vertical they're in you look for best in class companies let's start here how do you define a best in class company
0: well you know i think it's the intersection of management and strategy and their ability to execute right strategy is an easier one to underwrite their ability to execute is obviously tied into the management team itself and their history the makeup of it all those kind of things And that's really hard to underwrite because unless you've lived with somebody for a long period of time, you you don't really know them. So in not knowing them that deeply, it's really hard to size that team up. And so you do as much work as possible to try to understand who they are, what they are, what their skill set is, and why you believe they're the best to execute that strategy.
1: Well, it's certainly not easy for somebody that doesn't do this every single day and When we last spoke, one of the predictions uh, that you were pretty confident in was that the startup cycle was coming to an end and we were moving into what you called the cleanup cycle. What did you mean by that?
0: Well, I think if you look at any industry that's up and coming, there's cycles to it. This one has its own attributes, but I, I wouldn't say it's off the radar of other industry cycles. Five years ago, six years ago, whatever the time frame is, this thing exploded And it ran full steam ahead. With that, there was a lot of capital raised, a lot of companies that were started. But the natural cycle is that you're going to uncover which management teams and which strategies are going to make sense. You know, you also throw in the variable of this industry. We know where it's going, but it's not a straight line. It's going to go through its own twists and turns. And all of that, as it develops, is a function of the management teams executing on that strategy. But the normal life cycle of strategies playing out to see if they're actually are going to work in the way that the industry is evolved. And a core part of that is their ability to access capital and deploy capital effectively to create value. Mm -hmm. So again, I just hark back to, there's a regular business cycle to every industry and coming out of the beginning of an industry, we knew that there would be massive corrections. We knew that there would be companies and strategies that didn't make sense. We knew that there would be consolidation. So I feel like that's out of the realm of cannabis in more of regular venture investing and early stage investing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think probably COVID has accelerated that whole process even because it sort of, excuse the pun, it's sort of weeded out some of the startups that were just hanging on. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, you know, you could use the analogy where the high tide lifts all boats, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what we experienced over the last couple of years. But when the tide pulls out, that's when the winners and losers are going to emerge. When that tide pulls out, it uncovers the problems. Now, the reality is we already started that tide pulling out in the fall and winter of 2019. So we were already on that trajectory. And then COVID, you know, just accelerated all the trends that were already in play.
1: As we move out of that cycle, another prediction that you made, which was that individual investors will become extinct, can you tell our individual investor listeners who may become a casualty of this evolution why this will happen?
0: You know, it's a stage of the industry, right? So when you have an industry that's just starting, you have a lot of small companies trying to raise a couple million dollars. So for small investors, that's usually where that capital comes from, especially in the cannabis industry that had really no institutional participation from existing venture capital. The funding came up from individuals, but that game changes over time as the industry moves to more of a growth cycle and the cycle of startup is in its late stages. The need for that smaller capital just becomes less valuable. If a company is trying to raise 10 to 50 million, a $100,000 check is just not a conversation that's meaningful. Mm Again, I I don't think it's anything unique to cannabis. I think it just very much reflects business cycles and venture investing Mm -hmm. and the value of where the individual investor can play and where that opportunity uh, starts to pull away from them. As these companies are moving into their growth stage, being able to write that big check gives you advantages of being the lead investor, setting the terms, getting the best economic terms for that financing right versus the other investors that are going to fill that round but then also as a manager being involved with the companies at the board level to help guide them through all the issues and opportunities that come up. The individual investor just can't play on that basis. Yeah, they may get pulled into finishing out around if there's a little money remaining, but it's not driving the deal. And It's our view. It's the time to drive the deal. It's the time to be able to waive the power of that check to fix the economic terms, to fix the prior valuations it comes from being able to write that check. For us, being able to pool that capital and have the power of that checkbook, I think it far outweighs whatever fund managers charge to those investors. It's a small nick relative to the value you're getting by being able to pool that capital together. The other thing I'll add is, it's also about the expertise that the manager has developed in their journey in cannabis. We've been doing this since 2016. We've invested in 22 companies And we live at 24-7. So what we find is the most valuable commodity in this industry to be a good investor is the knowledge transfer and information flow. And you can Mm -hmm. think of it as like ring roads. We're in that center city and we share information with a select group. Information is shared with us. It enables us to dodge the potholes and put deals together. And there's a real value in that. You know, I question whether individual investors can really have that knowledge base and that expanse and footprint. I'm sure some can, but it's a 24-7 job. And I don't think individual investors have the ability to focus in an industry like a fund manager is able to.
1: Well, that's. I think that's really important. And I feel bad for a lot of people that were individual investors that are kind of getting, as I said, weeded out of this process. But I have the links to Altitude Investment Management in the show notes. So... If you want to continue this conversation on with John offline, I'm sure he'd be happy to talk to you more and you know, talk to you a little bit more in, in more detail about some of the things that we talked about today. John, always good catching up with you. Thanks for being on the show today.
0: Wonderful, Dan. I appreciate it. I look forward to uh, our next catch up. By the way, I'm not sure if I did many predictions, so let me just throw this bigger one out. Okay, good. What's your your
1: prediction for next year?
0: My prediction is that there is not going to be federal legalization next year. I think there's a lot of optimism around a Democrat administration coming in. I think even with the Democrats, they're going to go slow. I look to the states. What's the progress at the state level, both medical and recreational, that is bubbling up, that will then create the impetus at the federal level? The federal level is not going to lead this issue. This is a state-by-state-led issue. And so for years, I've been hearing, oh, it's going to get legalized federally next year, next year, next year. My view is it doesn't happen next year. What I would leave you with is we're on a 20 plus year trend of legalization on a global basis. There is nothing stopping this. This only goes one way. There's been no material legislation or actions to push it back. This is two steps forward, a tenth of a step back. And so I would ask investors to look at the bigger picture here. It's not a one day or one year trade. Some people might have gotten lucky with a quick stock flip or whatever. This is about building a real industry that's going to create real, solid enterprise value. It's slow and steady. I can't remember the analogy. Is it the horse or the, it's the hare, right? It's the hare, the, the turtle. It's the tortoise. It's the turtle it's the the tortoise. Tortoise that is going to win this race. And we are in it for the long haul. But what that means is you're betting on management and business. You're not betting on financial engineering.
1: Well, that is a great prediction. And we're going to revisit that in 2021, hopefully when COVID is long in a rearview mirror. But, John, thanks for that. And like I said, always great catching up with you. Thanks for being on
0: the show. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening
1: to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. How do cannabis CEOs balance growth and optimization strategies? What is THCO, Delta 10, and CBNA, and why should you care about these minor cannabinoids? And why isn't the endocannabinoid system covered in medical school? Most people think they're up-to-date in trends in the cannabis industry, but they're about six weeks behind. Learn about what is truly next in the cannabis space by joining myself, Brian Fields, and Kellen Finney every week on the Dime Podcast, and of course, on PodConnex.